Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. We are on the third season. It's incredible. Yoga is actually, the meaning is union. So it's a union of the body, mind, and spirit. It is spirituality. It wow. is. This is the lowest place in creation. This is where God wants to be known. Growth is growth, no matter how little it is. Oh, absolutely. All the shit that I thought I was is falling away, and every day it falls away, I feel better about life, and I'm able to beat me. Yoga doesn't want you to really forget about the emotion. They want you to move with the emotion. I've never thought of to do that, and I'm doing it right now, and my mind is kind of blown. Okay, so let me see. So would you, let me, let me see. I'm going to start out. Okay, go ahead and say if you, and do you prefer Neil or Mr. Elliot, or do you have D? Or no, just Neil is good. Okay. It's, so that, so the D Neil, Deals, D is my first initial for Donald. Oh. And in order to differentiate me on the internet and everywhere else oh. and from all other, like if you do a search for Neil Elliott, you'll come up with thousands, but D Neil Elliott, there's not very many. So. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I thought you did a really good job. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I am just learning how to do all this stuff. So it's good to get some good feedback <laughs> that it's going okay. Here. Mm. And then I'm going to start here. Recording in progress. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. I am Lorelai. Thank you so much for being with me here today. I love all of you so much, and I am so grateful to every single one of you that cue in every single week to look at all the things that I am doing and who I'm talking to. So this week, I'm so excited to have with me Mr. Neil Elliott, D. Neil Elliott, (laughs) um, who is an amazing author and empath who is here to change the vibration of the earth through his experiences and through his awakening process. So Neil, hello. Hello, how are you doing today? I mean, this is this is fabulous. I'm so excited to be here. I am and so as excited. another and as another guest said, and a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. I always tend to somehow get them get them nice and comfy at some point. You know, it's it's all a, we all figure it out as we go along. It'll be okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Let's just dive in. Neil, when did this begin for you? Like, when did you start this whole process? Oh, isn't that interesting? Uh, <laughs> not the process of the book, but the process of the transformation, I assume we're talking about. Yes, let's start with you. Like, when did this start for you? Like, when did you okay. begin all this? So, so let me give everybody a little history. Yes. Um, so I was born in Vancouver, BC, Canada. You know, and I continue to live in Canada and I've lived across Canada. Mm-hmm. I'm currently 61 years old. I'm married, have three kids, five grandchildren, of which all are in Texas. Oh, wow. So I don't see them very often. Oh, wow. and, and and the oldest grandson just turned 18 and he's uh, joined the Marine Corps. Oh my gosh, wow. So he's going to serve, which is great. And then on the grand, grandfather's side of me, it's like, no, no, please don't. 
But, you know, I support them, of course, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's uh, very honorable. Uh, Professional engineer, have an MBA, and that doesn't really mean anything except to know that I've worked in the corporate world, in the electric utility industry, Mm -hmm. um, you know, mostly hydroelectric in British Columbia and in Ontario. Uh, You know, kind of, I work with engineers who, you know, they like to build things or fix things, so Mm -hmm. power stations or transmission lines, those kinds of things. Awesome. So, that's what I've been doing. Um, how did this start? So we, all of us are, create our every tomorrows Mm. through how, what we think and how we feel. And I described this in the book, Mm. but, um, essentially until we wake up to the fact that this is what we're doing to ourselves, then we'll just continue to do it. Mm -hmm. And so when did this start? Well, you know, it kind of started when I was, I came in who I was, so I had a certain predisposition. And then uh, given the environment I grew up in, I latched on to things that then I took as a belief and that kind of shaped what I was doing. And then what I did was I kind of reinforced that and learned more things and just built on that through my teen years and stuff. Essentially what I did was I created a bunch of experiences and things in my life, attracted things in my life that drove me to a state of deep depression. So it took a long time to happen. Mm. So um, the impetus for the change was um, my wife and I had built this beautiful waterfront home. We locked into it. It was just before the crash in 2008. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, financially it was pretty draining. uh, And it was four hours from Vancouver. And so to see clients were consultants. So to see clients, both her and I had to travel for four hours. Mm. We rented this little one bedroom apartment in Vancouver so we could be in town and visit clients and then, you know, another four hours back home. So every couple of weeks we'd be in doing this. So that for me, not for my wife, but for me, because uh, my wife looks at life through what I considered at the time rose colored glasses. Mm. But now I know it's really the way life should be looked at. And, and I now look at life like this. But for me at the time, I took it as, Um, You know, I I didn't like it. I was uh, upset about it. Um, I found it very draining. Mm. And then to pile all of the financial stuff on it, it's as a consultant, you work when you have work. When when work is there, you work. And so what you do is you work a lot more than if you're an employee. And um, anyway, that just essentially got us locked into a place. The crash happened. The economy never recovered in the area we're in, the real estate. And so we were facing this losing a significant seven-figure amount when we sold it, but we decided we needed to sell it, and it took us seven years to sell. So in that time, my depression just increased my angst and anxieties and fears and phobias and all kinds of stuff just grew pretty trying for my wife Mm. and, you know, causing her, you know, kind of angst and pain and she, you know, she just didn't understand kind of where I was going but um, the house we were in Vancouver in the house we got an offer on the house and it finally sold mm. and uh, so she got on a plane to visit her brother in Toronto Ontario and her family and I sat down and wrote a suicide note and so this was the impetus for my transformation I had just come across some new information that had promised to you know, kind of liberate me from this and my thinking. Um, And the background of that is in the 90s, I read lots of self-help books 
and everything always promised to do, you know, all these processes, which are all good processes and they're all great authors and they promised all kinds of things. I could never make that happen for me. Mm. But about a year prior to me writing that suicide note, um, I had been consistently reading some new material that had come out, you know, authors like Wayne Dyer, you know, other authors like that. And uh, again, more processes, they were great, but I just couldn't, um, couldn't internalize them and make them happen for me. I believed it, but I couldn't do it. And being an engineer, that might be a bit of a stretch for some people that, you know, because you know, locked in this logical, rational, scientific <laughs> mechanism, yeah. but then you know, kind of stepping outside that into yeah. looking for something spiritual. Absolutely. And and um, then I read a book. Uh, Wayne Dyer at the time, uh, in the book I was reading, he he pointed to uh, a book by Anita Morjani called "Dying to Be Me," mm-hmm. "Dying to Be Me," which mm-hmm. was a near-death experience, and she described a bunch of stuff that it seemed really logical. Mm. and uh, somewhat rational, but I really couldn't understand it. Mm. And, but I tried to understand it and adopt some of those things in there, but I just couldn't change my outlook in life. But I came across this other material that uh, promised to do this. So I wrote my suicide note, uh, and I said, okay, well, I need to do this in a planned and orderly way. My wife will be okay with uh, the uh, life insurance, so financially she'll be okay. The house will be sold, the debt will be gone, and... Um, but I'm going to give this one last chance. So I'm going to read this material and see if it makes any difference. And if it doesn't, I can always, you know, kind of do the final act. So I wrote this suicide note. I put it away. I haven't showed it to anybody. I began this process and almost a year to the day later, this process promised that if I stuck with this for a year, I would have an entirely different outlook on life. Mm -hmm. And so I stuck with it for a year. And I woke up, you know, and it happened slowly and imperceptibly. And I woke up and I just realized that my whole outlook in life had been transformed. I no longer judged people. I no longer denigrated people. I no longer criticized people for what they did or didn't do. Um, I had joy of living. Mm. and, And I had a real sense of I knew what my purpose in life was and what I needed to do. And so I still hadn't talked to anybody about this or shared this with anybody. And um, so I continued doing it. A couple of years later, I thought, you know, I'd like to shout this from the rooftops, but everybody's going to think I'm a, you know, kind of a loony bin, you know, <laughs> trying to send me to the psych ward or something. So I decided what I should do is I want to share this process for people to consider whether it's going to work for them. And so I decided I'd write a book. Mm. So I spent the last 12 months writing a book and then, you know, three months, all the other stuff that has to happen to get a book published, <laughs> cover and all those other things. The thing. So and there's, thing. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I offer is uh, I offer the, the my story. It's my journey, my story. I offer the process I go through and I suggest people what they do is they read my book from cover to cover, understand the process in its entirety. And then if they like what they're reading or they have an inkling that it's going to help them, then go back and start with step one or start with some of the science books and then start with step one, whatever, you know, kind of wherever you're at in that. And then just follow the process. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, my goal is, or my hope is that people that are willing to embark on that journey, yeah. that um, they will wake up mm-hmm. uh, to an entirely different perspective in life. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's where it started. And that's how I got to writing the book. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. And man, I, I commend you on your bravery and your ability to really power through that time I can't even imagine and you know I especially of being friends and even um you know a family member of of you know friends and family that have committed suicide it is it is so challenging you know I can't imagine the the amount of turbulence that's occurring inside of them and in their thought process and to be able to do what you did is absolutely incredible. And I'm, I'm in awe and just in so much gratitude that you found it within yourself to stay, you know, I mean, that's tremendous. Well, uh, thank you for that. And and I'm going to say, it's not me, this, this process and this information came to me because this is, was my time to actually learn and understand it. Yes. You found your and, purpose for sure. And yes, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, and so that I'd like to, I'd like to share that story and that process with people in the hopes that it can help them. Where whatever your starting point is, yeah. you know, people that are, are whether you're wealthy or poor or you know totally healthy or ill, whatever your state is, whether you live in the slums or whether you're living in some mansion in Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, you know, people regardless of what they have for material wealth, you can never judge the reality of the inner person of another person. And so we all know that there's people that are really wealthy and, you know, doing really well. And and everybody puts on this facade. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're good actors. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And everybody puts on that facade. But, you know, we know from, you know, what we read or or hear about, uh, you know, there's some pretty wealthy people that, um, you know, are commit suicide or drug overdose or become alcoholics and, you know, because it's got nothing to do with how much money you have or how many things you own. It's got to do with your thinking and your emotions. And the process that I share is so rational and logical and it builds new knowledge um, that is in alignment with there's this new dispensation of energy around the world, which is opening people up to learn more about spirituality and be open to new information. Hmm. And, and science has evolved to a spot where we know now, for instance, that you know everything we see as solid is not really solid at all. Mm-hmm. It's just energy. Mm-hmm. You know, at a subatomic level, it is just energy. Right. And so if if I could share with you why that energy exists and how it came about and then how we use it in our moment-to-moment thinking and feeling, mm-hmm. and if you can actually understand those teachings and follow that logic and rationale mm-hmm. and spend time in meditation to really truly understand it, you know, the light slowly dawns. Mm-hmm. And um, you will eventually feel the inflow of the divine. And when you feel that, you will know that what you know is true. 
Oh, I love that, Neil. That's incredible. Um, it's funny. I, I I really enjoy that you have this beautiful marriage between science and spirituality because I've always, because my husband is an astrophysicist, and so I'm. I, I know it's it's just this constant bathing of like this rational, logical thought in addition to this more like higher thinking, like it is it is not based in like the the fact of science, which even in some science, there's only theory, like, you know, gravity is still a theory, but you know, you don't go jumping off buildings to try and prove that theory correct or not, right? <laughs> so, but what I'm saying here is that, um, you know, I, I think that science and spirituality have this incredible marriage and even though there is a polarity, there is also still this beautiful connection that really enhances and beautifies the other in, a, in such a way that's very meaningful. And um, the one thing that I've, I've been trying to do over the course of this podcast is to integrate some of the science with the spirituality so that way it is accessible to not only the ones that are like very well versed in their scientific background, but also are trying to understand their spiritual higher mind or this 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 draw and connection towards their spiritual selves. And the same for others that maybe don't have, you know, a classic scientific, you know, education or background, but they have so much, they want to understand like the reason why they have like such a an amazing grasp on spirituality, but maybe not necessarily like the the foundation of education in science and mathematics and that sort of thing. So I truly love, like that was one piece that I was like, oh, he's an engineer and he's spiritual. I get all like giddy. <laughs> so like um, in this process for you, when you're going through and you're, you're, you're meditating and you're connecting because in the reading this there is like this this at first you felt like you were meditating and this connection was not um you weren't feeling like that strong connection at first when did you start realizing that there what that connection felt like to you and what did that look like for you uh so that's a great question and then let's not forget to come back to the science piece for a moment yes but yeah. let, let me answer that question first. okay okay <laughs> so um there's a process here where, you know, you're going to learn some new knowledge. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, you need to be able to meditate. Now, you're not going to actually learn the meditation technique till later on. And what I'm going to tell everybody is just be patient and patient and follow the process. Mm -hmm. So even early on in this process, it's going to be, you know, okay, well, you know, take this into meditation. And you're, if you've never meditated before, or even if you have, you may have a meditation practice, which is not the practice that you're going to learn later on. But this is a little bit like um, my book is constructed this way. And the uh, compendium of this other material that I'm going to provide for everybody is also constructed this way. It's, it's like karate kit. <laughs> so a little bit of wax on, wax off, paint the fence, paint the house, sand the floor. <laughs> and so you're learning these skills without knowing that's what you're learning. Mm. And so I just highly recommend everybody just be patient, mm. follow the process, don't skip ahead. 
and just take your time with it. Mm. So now to answer your question directly, <laughs> uh, when you fret this process, you will not feel anything. Mm -hmm. Well, no, put it this way. I did not feel anything. I don't <laughs> think you will feel anything. <laughs> don't be surprised have, if you don't. <laughs> I, have to, I have to be very clear about that. So yep. I can't tell anybody what they're going to experience, but I can tell you what I've experienced and what I think is going to happen for you, but I could be entirely wrong. So it's going to take, it takes one, you have to not doubt. Doubt creates internal barriers to what you're going to learn. So even if you read something that you think is, nah, I don't know about this, it's a little questionable, I ask you, don't doubt. You have to move forward in faith. Use positive affirmations if you need to, just to kind of keep that doubt in abeyance. Mm -hmm. It took about seven months of following this process for me. And then what happened is I felt, I still have COVID hair. So I felt... <laughs> um, my haircut isn't totally on the circle. Um, I felt um, a little opening in the top of my head. But, but the thing is, because I have never experienced that before, mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And so, but that started to happen about the seven months in seven months in the process. Mm -hmm. So just for everybody, you've got to know that a spiritual process like this, there's no instant gratification. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so if you're interested in instant gratification, it's not going to happen with this process. But I'm going to tell you that if you follow this process, your life will be entirely different. I, I predict your life will be entirely different, no matter your starting point. Yeah. So after seven months, I started to feel this little well-being. What's happening is that new brain cells are being developed at the top of your head, and they're being impressed with new knowledge. Oh. And... Over the seven months to 12 months, that grew to be pretty much all the top of my head. Wow. Now it's this, it's almost like you stuck a bowl over my head. Mm -hmm. I feel it throughout all of my head at the top mm -hmm. and down the sides. And I've been at this now for, you know, this has been almost four years now. Mm -hmm. So I felt that and I described this in the book. So I felt that and I didn't know what it was. And it took me a while to actually understand that's what it was. And so what happens is you, you, what happened for me is I felt this at the top of my head. It felt strange, didn't know what it was. And then it progressed to grow. And then I started to feel spiritual energy flow into my, into my entire head. Whoa. And then over time, I felt it flow into my body and down each leg and up. Sometimes it would be in my head. Sometimes it would be in my solar plexus. Sometimes it would be in my entire body. And sometimes it would just travel from the top of my body down to my feet and back. Oh, wow. And all of that shifts and changes as you progress through this process. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I have a, actually a funny story about, because um, what you're describing reminds me of what happened to me when I was beginning my you know, spiritual awakening process. And this was in maybe the early months. And I, I had gone to my cousin's house in Grass Valley in California. And um, he is, he and his wife are very, they've been spiritual for a very long time, very well versed in all the things. And uh, 
we were, you know, we're sitting down and talking and I was going to use this light machine that they have, which is absolutely incredible. Um, but they started playing this crown chakra singing bowl. And I had never experienced anything like this before. Um, I had never experienced a singing bowl. I had never experienced anything like that. And they started playing the singing bowl. And I kid you not, it felt like a cork popped off of my head. And it was like an, a pressure ache from the top of my head. And I just, all I could do was like hold on to the, the edge of the, the table that was right in front of me and just kind of like, because uh, like the vibration, it was just like, like on the top of my head. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and from that moment on, it's like, you can't put the cork back in. Once it's off, it's off. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I can just maybe like close down some of the channel a little bit. But like for the most part, it was just like, boom, baby, you are wide open. Like that's that's it. <laughs> so, As you were describing this moment of like feeling like the sensation on the top of your head, I was like, man, that's just like when the cork came out when <laughs> when I had that singing bowl at Aurelius's house. Like that was nuts. <laughs> so. I, I, I identify with that sensation, Neil, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then from then on, it was uh, that similar sensation. Like, you know, when you allow that energy to permeate your being from the top of your head, it's, it is quite wonderful and peaceful for sure, you know. Um, but I never thought of what it was actually doing physiologically and the fact that you gave a definition of it, like you actually have like formulating cells on the top of your brain. Like that's incredible. I love that. <laughs> that's where the science comes in. <laughs> I like it. I like the science. It makes me happy. <laughs> um, okay. So one of the things that you've been mentioning quite a bit is the process. So, and I know that, you know, we don't want to give too much away because I know that in your book you go through this process and I don't want to give too much away, but are you, would you be open to discussing some of these steps in the process? Yeah, absolutely. So let, uh, why don't we talk about the book first and let me yeah. tell you how the structure of the book is. Yeah, let's we'll do it. talk about the process because that kind of talks about the process as well. Perfect. Let's so, do it. Part one of the book, flip through. Um, so part one of the book is really an overview of what you're going to learn. So um, it's the free chapter that you, you can download or yes. you can request to have. Mm -hmm. And it describes how I got to where I got, the impetus for that change, and then how the book is structured and, and what you're going to learn throughout that book. So the second part of the book is this memoir of my life that I use strictly as an illustration to explain to people how I created my every tomorrows. And the goal with that is to give everybody an idea of the things that I thought and felt that created the experiences I have. So that when you finish the entire book, you may have some insights looking back at your own history about things that you might have done that have created things for yourself. And so I use it strictly as that. And I've been fairly 
I'm a pretty private person. Mm. Um, so this was a bit of a struggle for me to actually share a whole bunch of this stuff. So, oh, and the other thing I want to, so the other thing that I should tell everybody is I'm a work in progress. Mm. Okay. Mm. So don't think that I'm perfect in any way, shape or form. I am a work in progress and I, and I'll, we'll talk about evolution. Yes. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a work in progress. Okay. Yes. The third part of my book is really based in it's it's con- new concepts about consciousness. Now, some of those concepts are not going to be new for people. Some people, they will be new for other people. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be it's some concepts of consciousness and what we are every day exposing ourselves to. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, the I believe our mental diet is more important than our nutritional diet. Mm-hmm. And our nutritional diet is very important for our body. Yes. That, that's a physical process. Mm-hmm. Um, and our body needs certain things, uh, nutrition, in order to do the things that it does. Right. Our mental diet is affects our health and creates all of our experiences that we have throughout our life and defines our world. Mm-hmm. So your view of the world is entirely different than somebody else's view of the world. Yeah. And that's all because of things that you believe to be true or you believe to be right and you believe that are not, you know, that are um, things that you reject. Right. So um, the second part is about that, and it's really designed in this uh, Karate Kid type fashion right. <laughs> to open you up to new concepts. And uh, so we talk about First, we talk about consciousness. We talk about our individual and our uh, collective mental diets and the effect that that's having. And then I use a couple other uh, scientific books. They're scientifically based books, but have a spiritual bent to them, so to speak. But they are based in science and measurement to talk about epigenetics, um, to talk about um, uh, what we believe, to talk about memes. Uh, and to um, also explore mind. So um, essentially, um, you know, things are, Sharon Begley wrote a book around uh, things that we believe and how the research on that and, and, and how science is shifting what they believe. Mm. Uh, and then what I do is I move into a near-death experience. Ooh. And, and the near-death experience, I share this story of this near-death experience uh, and, uh, and the reason I do that is because not that you're necessarily going to understand what has been described, but it's going to give you some new insights about the concept of consciousness and about our reality. Yeah. That's key to then when you move into the next part of the book, which is the part four, it is really around mind and matter. And it's the basis for spiritual um, enlightenment. It's the foundation for spiritual enlightenment. Mm-hmm. So we're like building a brick wall. You know, put down a foundation, put a few bricks on, put a few more bricks on. We're doing it slowly. We're building a solid base mm-hmm. for you to actually then move into this um, uh, new knowledge that you're going that I'm going to share with you. And then part five of the book is my personal experiences as I follow this path. And um, I share some of my uh, personal experiences in the meditation um, that, I, that I've uh, gone through. So as you go through this um, process, so there's seven steps. Mm-hmm. 
And the first step is really stretching your consciousness, and that's around this NDE experience. Mm. Um, the second step, uh, I'm unveiling new truths and and creating, providing you with material that if you can read it and understand it, it will develop new knowledge for you. And it's all based, it's all rational and logical and links with science. And what this information does is it bridges the gap between science and spirituality. Mm. And right now, so quantum physicists, you know, they have some ideas about what, some theories and some postulations about the universe mm -hmm. and about the randomness of matter. Mm -hmm. And um, there's an experiment. Now, I can't remember if this was a thought experiment experiment or an actual experiment. So it could be a thought experiment. Okay. But um, the experiment goes like this, is that they place an electron in a room mm -hmm. and they put Geiger counters around the room. Uh-huh. And that electron will show up randomly in a random powder, uh, in a random pattern around that room, an unpredictable random pattern. Okay. Get a bunch of people together, meditate on a consistent thing, whatever that is, I don't know. And all of a sudden that random pattern uh, starts to become predictable because huh. the electron starts showing up in, in a predicted manner. Huh. Wow. And so... Thought waves are no different than sound waves. So just as sound waves can penetrate walls and uh, they have their own individual note and tone, you think with electrical impulses in the brain and you feel with magnetic impulses in your nervous system. The, your electrical impulses in the brain are a, a creative plan of your desires and intentions and purposes. And the feeling is a magnetic bonding of those into a cohesive whole oh my god i love it. so you know what's funny is it okay if i interject for a moment I apologize <laughs> yeah, if you need me. okay so in traditional chinese medicine i i love that because here's another connection here so what you were describing with the electrical impulse of the brain is very indicative of a yang based energetic and then the the emotional piece, the magnetism, is a very yin-based energetic, which I love that because that is, it, it just ties all these things together. Even if it's like thousands of years of separation, it's like there's still that connection that stands there. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I was like, oh, God, that, I love that. Okay, so going on with the electrical impulse and then the magnetic impulse of emotion. Sorry to interrupt. Yes, that. so, and just, no, no, that's all good. <laughs> um, and know that I know nothing about all the Eastern, you know, practices. <laughs> I just know them a little bit, okay? So, <laughs> yeah. so every time somebody says, oh, this sounds so good because it, you know, matches that, I'm going, okay, great, excellent, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, so these are things that, you know, you're going to be, this will be explained to you in detail so when you follow the steps. Mm -hmm. And you will be able to rationally understand it. And your husband, if he's open to learning and reading about it, mm -hmm. uh, and probably should not have used that example, if a scientist... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Actually, I think it's, I think it's appropriate. It's okay. <laughs> so there's, there's two types of scientists, right? There's those locked into this materialism. Mm-hmm. It's got to be measured, so engineer, got to be measured, observed, yes. you know, quantified, calculated, 
Yeah, I that's, dare say most scientists are that way. I dare say, it, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's quantum physicists that are, some of them are even shunned by the scientific community because they're way out here somewhere. They're super right? gray area. Yeah, super gray area. Yeah. And, and they can't prove anything. It's only theories. Yes. And they will never be able to prove anything. And the reason they won't be able to prove anything is because the source of our creator, our being, is in silence and equilibrium in space. Mm -hmm. So for those who think of atoms, it is the space and the atom. Mm -hmm. It is everywhere. It's inside us and it transcends us. Mm -hmm. And no matter how a scientist probes space, they're never, ever going to be able to find out what was before the Big Bang. Yeah. Yep. It was only or the reason. impetus for the Big Bang. Right, right. And because that's just not something that is measurable. Can't measure it. <laughs> They've only just discovered, um, and the Large Hadron Collider, the, what is the, the God particle? What is that one called? I can't remember. Oh, I've heard that yes. recently. <laughs> yes. Um, they, they just discovered that relatively recently. And it was. The... We're not talking about the tachyon because that's a. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a theoretical right no no this yeah. this particular particle they found and and that would basically give us more insight into that the big bang or or just a little bit more that that the big bang was possible you know that it occurred anyway because there were these particles that were there the thing is that's really nuts about that is that it's observing these particles that come in and out of our reality or at least what we can physically see and and be able to observe them and that's the thing that is just beyond amazing and i bet a lot of those quantum physicists were just like giddy with delight when they're just like see there it's the thing it's the thing that we were hypothesizing now we can actually see it with our visual eyes <laughs> so and and i'm not at this level of science at all and quantum physics is this um nebulous amorphous thing that yeah. you have to get your head around to understand it right right and so i'm not there <laughs> don't consider anything i'm saying to be accurate okay. but you know physicists describe waves of energy and particles mm -hmm. and they, they say well both exist so materialists will say well they both exist mm -hmm. And, but the thing science will never know or never be able to determine is how they come into being. Where do electrons go? So electrons are on a nucleus, mm -hmm. you know, they are there and then they're gone and then they show up somewhere else around the nucleus. Right. And they don't know where they disappear to and they don't know why they come back. Yeah. And the only thing, so in order to bridge this gap, you know, you need to have this spiritual awakening that will then move science into, uh, you know, if the right scientists get involved, it will move us into this new development of science, of spiritual science, scientific research, which will be for the betterment of mankind. Yes. Oh, man. And so you're going to learn all this if you follow the steps in my book. Oh, yeah. So um, where were we? So truce. Step three is, um, you know, I, I don't mind sharing these because, you know, you still have to read it, even though I'm going to give you the kind of what it is, but yeah. you know, you're not going to know what it is. <laughs> so step three, you'll know this one. It's, it's to write yourself a letter. 
So my suicide note was my letter, but a step three is really reflection and it's reflection on your life. And it's a letter for you and your eyes only. You share it with no one. You never share it with anybody. And it's not to pray to some higher God or anything else. It's just for you. And it's really around how do you really feel about life? Are you happy to be alive or would you rather just be done with it? Oh, my God. And so you're going to explore many things and you're going to be taken through a process to write that letter for yourself. Then you're going to lock it away. If you decide you're going to follow this process, you'll open it a year later and see where you're at. Oh, God. Um, step four is how to cleanse your consciousness. Mm -hmm. Step five is how to rebuild it. Mm -hmm. So it's consistent with the source of our being. Mm -hmm. And step six, and this is why I'm telling people not to jump ahead, it's how to meditate and mm -hmm. what you need to do. And the reason you don't jump ahead is because Part of that meditation, you actually have to understand all of this material that I'm introducing you to before you get to meditate. Because when you meditate, you have to understand the meaning of what that meditation is. Mm -hmm. And then you have to be able to go completely into silence and stillness. You have to be able to stop your mind from thinking. Mm -hmm. And there will be people that say you can't do that. And I can tell you from experience, yes, you can. But it takes practice. It takes practice. Yeah. And it takes dedication. Yeah. So I, I meditate not to scare anybody because you can start with 10 minutes on meditation if you haven't meditated before mm -hmm. and just you can expand it to whatever. Mm -hmm. But for me, I meditate between 90 minutes and two hours every day, wow. every morning. What a beautiful practice. I love that. You know, I tried to learn meditation for years, you know, like Wayne Dyer had a thing of, you know, here's 30 different types of meditation. I don't know if it was 30, but here's a bunch of different types of meditation. So he's got to, you know, get in the gap and I don't know, the Jaffa and a bunch of others. I tried them all. Wow. And um, I just, and I, but I couldn't do it consistently. Mm. But then once I learned what I learned and then I got to this meditation, it's like, okay, this is what meant. What is the purpose of meditation? Let me answer that for you. Yes. Yes. I'm <laughs> so, like, please do. <laughs> so I guess there's, you know, there will be humans that say the purpose of meditation is to, you know, calm yourself or, uh, you know, do a bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. The purpose of meditation is to actually connect with the divine. Right. That's the purpose of meditation. And each of us individually, in order to evolve spiritually, we need to connect with the divine. Mm -hmm. And when you have connection with the divine, you will get assistance in all that you do. Mm -hmm. And so this process, and it doesn't happen overnight, and you have to be consistent with it, but you will, if you're consistent, you will have a whole new outlook on life over time. And then step seven is you got to repeat this process. Start it all over again. <laughs> no, not from step one, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you don't have to rewrite your letter. So oh. you're just going to do steps two, four, five, and six. Oh, wow. That's, that's an incredible process. And I'm so glad that you know, you have some sort of a blueprint for people to utilize in order to make their awakening process more manageable and and feasible and, you know, meaningful, you know, because a lot of people, they need to have that structure in order to have things be really meaningful for them. You know, for me, I, I kind of feel like I, I am one of those people that I... <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of structure and I don't mean to. It's just like 
part of who I am as an individual. I mean, I I don't mean to fly by the seat of my pants most of the days, but, you know, that's just kind of how I've always been. But I find, you know, the, the man that I married is actually one that has a tremendous amount of structure. And, you know, heaven help him, he's been trying so hard to be of assistance to me and, you know, especially with this whole thing with my podcast and setting up times and different things. And he's like, Lorelai, like... <laughs> don't do too many things on one day. And I'm like, but I can get it all done. And he's like, hun, look. So <laughs> I understand this. Yeah. I'll tell, you why, I'll tell you why I understand it because I manage large groups of people mm-hmm. and I'm very consistent and we have schedules and I'm never telling what people do. You know, like, so when you have a big people, bunch of people that are working together and they're all really bright. Yeah. You never tell them what their job is. You get them to tell you what they have to do and who they have to work with and <laughs> and what the timing is of all the things that they're going to do. And you put together a schedule and then you hold people to that schedule. Yeah. And that's what I do. But in my personal life, I hate commitments. I do <laughs> not like schedules. Yeah. <laughs> I drive my wife. My wife is, you know, we're supposed to be there at 10. We're going to be there at 5 to 10. You know, mm-hmm. like she is... She's never late for anything. She's always, Tom Hanks is like this too. Never late for anything. (laughs) Um, Always on time. Um, I drive her crazy. Because I will go, oh, I can get this list done in a day. And she's going, no, you can get the top three things done. Yeah. (laughs) And I go, no, 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 but I'm sure I can do that. And then I barely get anything done, right? I definitely identify with that all the time. I'm like, oh, I can do all of it all in one day. And my husband's like, no, no, sweetheart. No, no, no. <laughs> Try just focus on one. And if you've got still a little more time, start the other one. And if you can't finish it, that's okay. There are other days. I'm like, yeah, that's such yeah. a. Well, that's very, very, that's very logical and supportive. I know. And he's. So, and that's what a great guy. What a great guy. He really yeah. is. It's amazing. And, you know, it's funny because for the longest time, like, uh, you know, he wasn't really super involved with a lot of the spiritual stuff. But just recently, he's been more, you know, doing the meditations with me and doing more things. And it's been very um, meaningful uh, just in our partnership, having that, you know, endeavor together, you know, which is is very, very nice. You know, it's not just like me doing my spiritual thing on my own, but like having that partnership with him and, and it's it I get such a a neat and different perspective. Not just grounded, but also one that's really well versed with science and, and education. And you know, I have my my bachelor's of science in nursing. And so, you know, I, I look at things from a microcosm you know, where I'm dealing with cell structures and I'm dealing, you know what I mean? Like, and, and even just like how your muscles work, how your brain work, how your heart works. And for me, especially because I work in obstetrics, it's how the uterus works and, you know, the, the placenta and the baby and la la la. And then my husband works in space on the macrocosm. And so it's interesting how we see eye to eye, but in very different lenses. Yes, but both, you know, that's a very, you know, nursing, the, your, all the biology and physiology that you're taking is very, uh, you know, science-based. Yes. Right? Yes. So here's a, here's a little something. You notice how we as humans 
um, have a hard time working together to complete projects. That doesn't mean we don't, and we do very well at a whole bunch of things we build. Right. But it's typically, you know, there's dissent, there's disagreements about how things can be approached. This is why we have structures like, you know, a project manager that makes the final call, you know, where, you know, you have different team members that have different perspectives and points of views. The project manager, a good project manager will balance all of those knowing what the end goal is and then make a choice and it might be the best choice or, or the right choice or not from a you know historical perspective looking back mm-hmm. but it's a choice to move forward just like any executive makes in a in a business right right you as an executive you have a bunch of information other people don't have you weigh it out you choose based on you know what hr would call your ladder of inference you know your your education, your experience in the past, you know, what you've learned, who you're working with, all of those kinds of things, your beliefs. Mm -hmm. And, but your cells, so a body is, you know, our body is a single cell, let's divide it. Mm -hmm. Every cell has a library information for the entire body. Mm -hmm. But it, when it's building a liver, it is tasked a certain type of work. Mm-hmm. And all of those cells that work together to build that liver work in harmonious being to create that liver. And they don't spring all of a sudden and make an ear. They <laughs> stick with to build in the liver. There yeah. is more harmony in cells in our bodies than we express as humans. Oh my God. It's so true. It's so true. And, you know, maybe it's just this um, this ability to uh, have the concept of self and understanding that we have this this ability to to (laughs) critically think and be able to be like, oh, I am an individual. I am a person and I can make these choices and I have free will and I can. I can choose to do whatever I want to do. And, you know, and that's, that is why, you know, we have this differentiation between, you know, the cells of our body versus us as the whole body, you know, and, but it is such an interesting, like, thought process that, you know, those cells manage harmoniously to create peace and balance in our body without having that thought process and how could it be so challenging for us to simplify enough to be like you know I I am that I am and that's okay I don't need to have this that or the other to be the best best version of myself but I can just simply be me I can be I am without the extra stuff you know so um (laughs) you know I'll share a little bit more yes please so, um, you know, what you learn from most, if you read NDE books, near-death experience books, yes, there's commonality between all of them, but they will have different experiences in their NDEs and they will describe different things. Mm. But there's typically commonality of um, we come from love yes, and we return to love, mm-hmm. right? Yes. That um, there's joy and peace and they get an overwhelming um, feeling of love that they they all describe as we don't have the language to properly describe what I felt or experienced. Hmm. Have you read NDE books? I've actually watched like 
stories of people that have had NDEs. Um, there's actually a, a documentary on Netflix right now. Um, I think, it, what is it called? Um, Surviving I, Death. Yeah, so that's a, in the U.S. Netflix. We can't get it in Canada. No, <laughs> so. that's, that's bonkers. <laughs> yeah, it drives me. Um, anyway, so I'm going to suggest that there's a couple in the books that you pick up and read. Okay, I'm going to write it down. I'm getting my pen and my paper. I'm uh, write it down. <laughs> okay, so these will be three different NDE books that will give you, there's commonality between them, but they're all going to describe something different. Okay. So first one's Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. I've heard of her. I think I've quoted her on my uh, podcast. Before. Okay, perfect. The next one, let's see. So the next one is, um, hang on one sec, um, To Heaven and Back by Mary C. Neal. So N-E-A-L. C, the initial C, like Mary C is the initial. And she's a orthopedic surgeon. Um, Seven Lessons from Heaven. So that's by Mary C. Neal as well. So the reason I'm giving you two books is the first book she wrote was about her near-death experience. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't get in, she gets into great detail and stuff but she doesn't really share everything. Mm. Seven years later, she wrote this other book and she goes, okay, I felt I couldn't share this at the time. So she fills in some gaps. The first book is great. Okay. The second book fills in some gaps. Awesome. Um, and then the other one is um, Proof of Heaven by Evan Alexander. And he was a neurosurgeon. Wow. So uh, read them in that order too. Okay. The reason that you're going to read those is you're going to get a con a different concept of how, what people describe, mm. but all of them will come back saying, and they have commonality and the commonality are things like we come from love, we return to love. Um, the experience was so incredible. We don't have the human language to describe it. Mm. I experienced a year after a year and a few days after. I had a meditation where it's virtually indescribable what I felt. Wow. And I, in this meditation, it was like, I don't care what happens to my body. I don't care what pain it's in. I don't care anything about my body. I am not my body. Mm. I could have just stayed in that state. Wow. And that, I believe, is the same state that these people that experience NDEs are trying to describe and I described this in my book as well. So I'll give you a little bit more information in the book. So is that what you were talking about earlier about um, experiencing an NDE for yourself? Or is that something no, separate? No, no, no. No, I did not experience an NDE. Oh, you didn't. Okay. This is just in my meditation. Oh, gosh. Wow. That's that's amazing. That's pretty. That's well, not just in my meditation. This <laughs> was in my meditation. This was. Just is the wrong adjective. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the fact that you were able to access that type of, of, of energy and that sensation, that's absolutely incredible. And so I'm going to just, so there's a couple other I described and I'm not going to tell you what they are. They're in the book. You can read them. Right. But uh, so the other thing I'm going to tell everybody is if you start in this process, keep a spiritual journal, mm -hmm. write down these experiences. Yes. Because when you, you're going to go through, like anything in life, you know, there's seasons. Mm -hmm. There's spring, summer, fall, winter. Yes. So in the fall, there's a slowly, slowly dying away to rest during the winter. Mm -hmm. 
to emerge into this new spring of, of growth um, to have a harvest in you know summer or late early fall. Mm-hmm. Your spiritual process is the same thing. You're going to experience strong contact with the divine and then you're going to slowly die away and then you're going to go for a period and it could be a day, a week, a month, two months, three months where you're not going to feel any contact. You have to maintain faith mm-hmm. and you have to keep up with your meditation mm-hmm. and you have to keep consistent. And what then will happen is your spiritual spring will occur and it will be greater than any blessing that you've had in the past. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, and it's just, you know, it's like the earth. You know, the other thing, the earth is kind of neatly balanced. I just, this just came to me the other day of, you know, the Southern hemisphere is the exact opposite of seasons that we have. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) There's a perfect balance between, you know, the southern half and the northern half of the hemisphere. Yeah, so the last part of the chapter is, I can't remember where we were at because we've I've kind of woven us all over the place. I like point, it, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you were talking about NDEs and um, that experience with your meditation and yes. Science, that's the thing we were going to come back to. Science. Okay, so, so the thing with the science is that if... This information and this process that I share is so logical and rational. And then what you have to do is go through this process so you can experience it for yourself. And once you experience it, everything will fall into place. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I'm hoping that there's some scientists, be them, be they quantum physicists or doctors or somebody that picks this up that will, you know, go through this process and hopefully they're young enough and not, and they still have a number of years ahead of them where they can do the research. Yes. And, and help um, do this transformation. So this whole, you know, my goal in this book is to really help change the consciousness of the world. And it starts with Everybody has to do this for themselves individually. So we'll talk about evolution in a minute. Mm-hmm. But everybody has to do themselves individually. Mm-hmm. And when we get enough individuals doing it, we'll start to create a momentum. Mm-hmm. So when you go through this process and then you're around people, they're going to see kind of light shining in your eyes. They're going to see this whole shift in your attitude. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be asking you about it. Mm-hmm. And... The other important thing here is that if someone's open to learning, share with share it with them. Yeah. But if they're not, hold your peace. Yes. Don't push this on anybody. Mm-hmm. This is not for you to push. Yeah. This is for you to share if someone's open and willing to listen. Yeah. And um, it's going to happen slowly, and it might be centuries. Mm-hmm. But it starts with listeners that you have today, and readers that pick up. You know the process and then follow the process. Yes. And as we shift, we will start to teach our children differently. Mm-hmm. We will start to have different attitudes. They will pick it up and it will just grow over time. Mm-hmm. And eventually we'll be in a place where there's love and peace and acceptance of everybody. There's no judgment. Mm-hmm. Color of skin will, you know, any of the stuff that is that we experience today, all the hate, the animosity, the, 
you know, racism will all disappear. Yeah. And the other thing that we will learn is that, you know, we're here on a spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. And so you will be, you're, you're a fragment of, of, uh, divine divinity. You're a fragment of divine consciousness, but your soul is hidden within your ego. Mm -hmm. And it's always trying to get back to its place of unconditional love. It is unconditional love and it's trying to get back. Mm -hmm. And it's always prompting the ego to get more pleasure. Mm -hmm. The ego is a tool of creativity that can only do things that, you know, you, you attract or bond everything that you like. You know, I like this ice cream. I like that person. I want more money. I have a house. I want a second house. I like a new car. So you get a new car, you know, you, you're happy about the new car. It starts to, the novelty starts to wear off. So you brag about it to your friends. You get another little boost and all that's good. And then pretty soon that dies away. And so yeah. then what do you do? You, you, you know, want another goal, right? So then you go for another goal, you know, and you do whatever else you want. You might get another house and then, oh, I got a new house. You know, it's on the water. Hey, you know. <laughs> and you own that for a while and the novelty wise down. So then you go after another goal. All of this is just ego-driven behavior. Right. It's, yeah. it, it's your, your soul can't take it with you. Your soul doesn't care about it. But you are here to learn the lessons that you need to learn as you spiritually evolve, as your soul spiritually evolves. Mm -hmm. And it is through the lessons of suffering that the soul actually begins to wake up. Huh. And when the soul wakes up, the soul, or when the psyche finds, the psyche is the intermediary between the soul and the little I mind of ego. Mm -hmm. And when, so the soul is always prompting the psyche, the psyche to get more of what it wants or reject what it doesn't like, or not the soul. The soul is always prompting for more, but the ego only has two mechanisms. It either bonds it or attracts everything that it likes and it pushes away everything that it doesn't. Right. And so that's the only way the soul can get happiness or feel secure and protected. As the soul does these things, it creates problems for us as humans. Mm. Affects our psyche, affects our health, affects our well-being, affects you know um, how we view the world, affects what we learn, what we believe, affects all of that stuff. And as you suffer, you you begin to wake up and go, "Is this all there is to life?" Mm. Shouldn't there be more to life? Why am I going on? So for me, it's like when someone was in the state I was in, it's like, what's the purpose? Mm -hmm. I'm working like crazy. I earn a lot of money, look really successful externally, mm -hmm. but I'm miserable. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the point of going on? Yes. And even that I can't fully describe. Yeah. And a lot of times I feel like you know, because what my work in predominantly is is very meta. I, I work in um, in past life regressions and past life readings, um, and for for a lot of those things, it is the recognition of a pattern, and not understanding how to break the pattern and to start new or to begin something different because. You know, like we were talking about earlier with, you know, uh, electrons in different um, uh, structures moving in a pattern. And, and especially like I like the um, analogy of the electron being in the room of meditating individuals. And now it's starting to 
move in a pattern and it's not so randomized and scattered there now that's you know the thing that comes to mind is a fibonacci sequence like how everything is that is structured in nature forms a fibonacci sequence and so that was the thing that was you know formulating in my mind is like you know how it may like go from like person to person and maybe go through them and then go into the other person and then but it formulates this structure you know what i mean and um, it is in the reconstruction of our patterns that we can find our awakening and our meaning in life. And so when I find somebody that comes to me and says, you know, I feel like this, it keeps happening this way. And I, I'm so tired and I'm so upset and frustrated and angry or whatever about this continued pattern. And it's, you know, maybe from an outsider's perspective, we're looking at, them and their situation and what they describe as like, well, dang, that's not that bad. But then they're in a place of like, there has to be more to life than just this, you know, like what you were saying with the, 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 uh, the perceived abundance, you know, they may have like all the things and, and success and money and material things and a family and everything that seems to line up as being like wildly successful and perceived happiness but on the internal structure there's still something that's happening that is a pattern of of misery in a way and how do we break that pattern and create a new one where they can find that joy and that peace and that 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 purpose that makes them feel alive, you know? And that's what my book's about. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I'm looking forward to reading your book, Neil. And um, how can people find you and find the book and and you had mentioned a free chapter if for, for people that want to read it before it comes out so how, how can people access this yeah so uh my website so let's talk about my website first yes i'll say it and then i'll spell it okay so it's it's d neil elliot.com okay so the initial d no periods in any of this right so d Neil is N-E-I-L, and Elliot is E-L-L-I-O-T-T dot com. Okay. Uh, all my social media links are on there if you want to look at any of those or follow me. Mm-hmm. Uh, under the menu item, the book, uh, you can sign, you can request a free chapter, mm-hmm. and um, that'll get emailed to you. Mm-hmm. Might, might not be immediately, but you will get it. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the book will be available on September 21st, so next Tuesday. Awesome. Uh, and it's it'll be in from in excuse me on Amazon. It'll be in print or ebook, and it'll be uh, in print through your local bookstore. In your local local bookstore, you may have to request it and they order it, but you know it's available through your bookstore as well. Awesome. So those are uh, yeah, and uh, I'm so excited about it coming out, and uh, you know the success of this book now. Sales is a metric, so there's no denying that. But from my perspective, the success of this book is in how many people read this book, right. not how many sales there are. So if you buy a print copy, you've read it, you decide, man, not for me, please just give it to somebody else without any colorful commentary, 
and let them learn for themselves whether this is something that can work for them. Right. Because as you were saying in your process, you know, you read through so many different books to find what was meant for you, you know, and it may be one of those things that, you know, this wasn't their process, but this could be this other person's process that they've been looking for. So I think that that's great. You know, give it to somebody that is looking for a way, you know, so yeah. that they can find yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So and then as a as a soul, if we change our frame of reference. You know, we are here to learn what we need to learn, and we will keep coming back until we finally wake up and begin this process to cleanse ourselves mm -hmm. and to ascend spiritually. Yes. And when you have reached your true purpose in life, which is to connect with the divine and learn the lessons you need to learn, mm -hmm. then your soul will not have to be reincarnated again, and it can step out into the light and retain its individuality. So that's what your true purpose in life is. So all this other stuff is just... It's just stuff. <laughs> a learn, it's our school. Yes, yes. <laughs> we are at the earth school. You, and you might be a female in this one, and you could be a male in the next one, and you might be white in this one, you might be Chinese in the next one. Who yep. Knows? And boy, let me just <laughs> tell you about doing those readings. It's, it's, it's pretty bonkers looking at some of di people's different, like you know, oh, in this lifetime, you know, you were this and then, then this and, it, you know, it, and it's amazing seeing the, the, the pattern of karma, you know, and how it shifts from lifetime to lifetime, you know, and, and when doing the regressions and people actually experience some of that, it's like, oh, God, that makes so much more sense now, you know, yeah. why things are for me the way that they are and why I behave this way. So, it really is well, and there's, you know, and on that note, then um, there's two things. So you create your every tomorrow mm -hmm. and be it, you know, a day from now, a year from now, 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. But things that you not, do not deal with in this lifetime, mm -hmm. you have created a mountain for yourself that will appear in your next lifetime. Mm -hmm. And you come in with it and it may look different in that next lifetime, but it's still the same spiritual lesson. Yep. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm going to write that one down. That's <laughs> Those are good nuggets, Neil. <laughs> good. <laughs> well, and you'll and by reading the book and following the seven process, seven step process, you'll learn a lot more. Yes. And again, not from me. Not from you. I'm, I'm a messenger. <laughs> but a tool, you, my wife would say. <laughs> yes. And, and we're grateful that you were willing and able to to deliver the message. Yes. Well, and I hope to uh, help people as they go through this. So. Yes. Yeah. All right. Neil, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being on the show and talking with me and sharing your process and sharing about you and all the incredible things and insights that you have uncovered. And I am in so much gratitude of you. Thank you. Well, thank you. And it's been a real pleasure to be here with you today. Yes. So, um, okay, you guys, so make sure that you go to Neil's website and check out the book. It will be coming out September 21st. And um, yes, if don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here with me this week. And um, until we talk again, love and light to you all. This is where you're going to edit out the pause. <laughs>
<laughs> We're gonna edit this out right here. Just, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it might make the bloopers. We'll see. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just listened to an interview that you did with, and I'm not gonna remember her name, but she is a healer. Oh, Who is it with? It was a name that was um, Samantha Ochoa. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, she's phenomenal. I love Samantha. She's one of the coolest empaths, and just overall, her just who she is as a person is absolutely amazing. So, like she did yeah. a, she did because we met over that in the like beginning stages of the pandemic, and so we didn't really get to do anything face to face, but just over Zoom, it was really powerful so i i love her she's amazing yeah, just... so, and i've made a few notes just to try and <laughs> because what i'm trying to do is like somebody asked me the other day on a podcast what my background was and the first part of my book is a memoir just to tell it to, to explain to every use it as i use it as an illustration for how i created my every tomorrows and the things that i've done to myself that drove me to where i, I went so that memoir kind of, you know, anybody reads that, they're going to understand my history. So I've got my history down to about five lines now. You know, wow. Like, <laughs> I mean... And it's just, just the highlights, right? Talk about brevity. Well done, sir. If you would like an intuitive tarot reading or a past life tarot reading, be sure to contact me at my website at www.thirdeyewithlorelei.com and third is spelled with the three R-D, not T-H-I-R-D. Or you can contact me on my Instagram account or on my Facebook account. You can DM me and we can set up some time to get your reading in as soon as possible. In-person reading is accepted at this time. Also, readings over Zoom are accepted. So make sure to contact me and let me know what you need, you guys. Love and light to you all.